time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It's Monday, Memorial Day, May 31st, 2021. So good to have you with us. I'm amazed. We've got some people dialing and listening to us. Thank you very much. It's a holiday, so oftentimes we think this will be one of those podcasts that we record and never want to listen to it after the fact. Thank you so much for being here. Also, I can tell that we've got some other people texting in. I'm here, Lickett. I'm listening online. All right, thanks. we got listeners. <laughs> Always nice to you listeners. I really appreciate you because you let us know that you're there. And when we're doing this podcast, we're going out there and we're sharing all that's going on in the industry. We don't know if anyone out there other than we get the feedback and the email. So a number of you are out there live and we're so grateful. So I'm thinking of all of you. Thank you so much. Let's get on to it. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. We're committed to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. And I'm so excited. But we have in our hot topic segment, someone that I've met in person, brings a lot of information about the area of subservicing. And his name is Jason Kawazni. And Jason is Executive Vice President of The Money Source. And we're going to be talking about the challenge of rising rate environment and subservicing. I want to say a special thank you to the Industry Syndicate. Our partnership with them is always appreciated. They help get the word out about our podcast. Some of you have come to us by way of Industry Syndicate. That's great. But if you have not, be sure to check out Industry Syndicate so you can hear about all the other podcasts. Great content. And they make sure that it's industry standard. We're pleased to be a part of it. Let's say a special thank you to the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. They do a great job of helping us as an industry. We got the annual convention. I already got appointments being set for a conference at Taking place in October. Can you believe it? That means a lot of us are really excited to be getting back to doing conferences. Also, I say a special thank you to Finastra's Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution. Does a great job of helping the whole ecosystem all the way through from point of sale all the way through to closing of a loan. They've got a great solution. There's a new release out of this product. So if you looked at it and you say, ah, I've seen it, you may want to take another look at what they have done on the newest, latest release of this Mortgage Fusion Bot System. Check it out. Also, special thank you to Lenders One. That's the conference that's coming up on August 8th through the 11th. It'll be in Orlando, Florida. This is going to be probably one of the best conferences because of the fact that it's in Florida. It's not a bad place to go. Also, I think Mortgage Collaborative also has one coming up. They're a sponsor of us. I want to thank you to both of these co-ops, which help you connect with more of your peers in a more intimate setting where you're getting to know each other, comparing operational details. And then, of course, for us vendors, we get a chance to work with you up close and personal. So we're really grateful for both of these co-ops, Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative, also known as TMC. All right, CMLA, Community Mortgage Lenders of America, works with a lot of independent mortgage bankers, helping their word to be heard. They coordinate with the MBA, but they actually bring another dimension to the representation in Washington, D.C. They're based in Washington, D.C., so be sure to check out Community Mortgage Lenders of America. Michael Jones of Thrive Mortgage is the current president. We had him on as a guest back in September. Appreciate you, Michael, and the whole team there at Community Mortgage Lenders. Also, Indicom had Linda Beaumont along with Rachel Harris. We had them on in May of this year. We're talking about all that you can do in the way of automating and outsourcing 
compliance solutions, and working with automation and technology through every stage of the mortgage lending process. So check out Indicom.com, I-N-D-E-C-O-M-M.com. So appreciate them. Also, just spoke with Josh Harris of Incelerate. It's late last week. He is continuing to get good downloads on his content, so much so that I said, we've got to bring you back, Josh, do an update to that podcast. And there's more and more focus on Consumer Direct. So what Incelerate does, I-N-S-E-L-L-E-R-A-T-E, Incelerate helps lenders close more loans by engaging the borrower more effectively and better, as well as going out and reaching prospects and past customers. Check out Incelerate.com. Look forward to having Josh on coming up here in a few weeks. Also, Knowledge Coop. It was a great job. I think you can parry the team there. They always make me smile because they are doing some of the most entertaining. It's edutainment. If you've got to do continuing education, and most of you all do, if you have an NMLS license, you do. So they do continuing education through the Knowledge Group, but also they do it in such a way that is so creative. And also then they have an LMS, learning management system, that your company could and should use to help educate your customers and your employees. That's a great tool for communicating. We're really stepping up our involvement with the Knowledge Group. Also, there's two technologies we highly recommend you use. We think both of these technologies work. They actually are complements to each other. It's mobility, mortgage, market intelligence, as well as Modex. Both of these technologies access the database of loan originators and then provide that data to you, not only how much volume originators doing, but with whom, what are the product types, just deep insights into every originator that you're thinking about recruiting. Check it out. I want to say a special thank you to Rob, Les, Alice, Alan, and Matt, all except for Alan are on vacation today, enjoying Memorial Day. Welcome everybody to the Hot Topic segment of the Lickin' on Lending podcast. It is Memorial Day, happy Memorial Day. If you're listening on a downloaded basis, we've got as our guest, Jason Kowazny. He's Executive Vice President of the Money Store. And of course, Money Store has done many things. They've been in business for quite a while, but they've really focused in on servicing. And we're gonna be talking about the challenge of rising rate environment and subservicing and whether you are looking for a correspondent lender or are looking for a subservicer, we need to pay attention and set up to this interview. So good to have you, Jason. How are you doing, my friend? Happy Memorial Day. Thanks, David. How are you doing today? Good. So I'm really excited to have you here talking about this today. So tell us a little bit about yourself, those that do not know you, a little bit of your background, Jason, and then let's get into some of the specifics about subservicing. Yeah, sure. Before we jump into that, I just want to comment on what you guys were talking about in the earlier segments with Alan about virtual reality, augmented reality, et cetera. I find that stuff fascinating. One of the things that I can find analogous, if any of your viewers are looking to try and, I guess, get a glimpse of what this might look like sort of in the future is, I don't know if if you've personally seen the movie Minority Report with Tom Cruise, uh, Steven Spielberg film, I think. It was like 15 years ago. It's probably the closest thing that I've seen from the past where you've seen some of this stuff start to come true. So when Alan was referencing driving up to the supermarket and presenting all this information for you, this movie has a lot of that stuff in there. So anyways, didn't want to go off too far on that. I just wanted to comment on it because it was a very fascinating story. I'm going to go watch that. I watched it a long time ago. Yeah, it's a great movie. It was ahead of its time for sure. But for me, I've actually started out on the origination side originally, geez, uh, a long time ago. Having watched the Friends reunion this weekend, I'm reminded that when I was in Originations <laughs> Friends was still on the air, and I know that I'm dating myself with that. But around 2008 is when I made my way into servicing, and I've 
I've been there ever since. It's officially part of my DNA now. And I've worked at a few servicers, both mega size, medium size, small size. And I've been at the money source for three years now. Yeah. Having been on both sides of the industry, I can say for sure that definitely servicing is the not famous brother of the movie star <laughs> that is origination, which gets all the press. But to me, having been or being in servicing right now, I actually find it more fascinating in a lot of ways than originations. And that's because of the long-term nature of the relationship with the customer and specifically that customer experience and really that never-ending pursuit that to provide that total service, no matter your situation, positive experience to servicing that our industry really, for the most part, isn't known for. And those are the things that drive me today and keeps me in the servicing game today. Tell us a little bit about the money source and how did it find its beginnings? Because it's gone through several changes. Talk a little bit about the money stores. Yeah, we're actually a servicing company and a correspondent lender right now. And so we service about 350,000 loans, 90 billion in UPB. They were in a retail originations in general, really, for the better part of 20 years. I think from 1995 is when they first started out. And then they got to a point where they used the subservicer to service their loans. And the owners or the founders of the company came to this conclusion. They were like, man, we're having such headaches with our subservicer. And we spent all this time, money, and effort and put in all this goodwill, bringing the customer through the originations process. And then it's just squandered completely when it goes to a subservicer. So they scoured the market out there and based on their own experience with their subservicer, they said, look, there's just not a whole lot out there. And this space is it's really ripe for disruption. So long story short, they decided that they were going to take servicing in-house, prove that they can provide uh, a better customer experience and sort of disrupt the entire servicing model as a whole on their own book first. And when they did that, then they said, hey, look, we've sort of refined this. We put in a lot of technology. We spend in a lot of stuff. We consider ourselves an apple in a sea of oranges now when it comes to servicers. Let's go out there and start making subservicing our practice now. So they exited the retail origination space because they didn't want to be competitors with whoever they were servicing for. And then they've been in the servicing space, subservicing space for the better part of six years now. And we're actually one of the top 10 subservicers in the country now. Yeah, you're doing a great job. We have so many customers that have moved over to you and really impressed with the process. Every one of them reported just such a refreshing experience when they started working with them. But subservicing should not be an afterthought. It has been for many. But if you find the right part, it can really help you grow your business. And I'd like to have you talk a little bit about cross-selling and other opportunities in subservicing and servicing generally. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're in a, a rising rate environment right now. The originations market is really fully employed coming off of the record 2020. And as rates change, the amount of opportunities there starts to shrink. So you got the same people competing essentially for less business and your revenue declines. You start to experience margin compression and you know, customer acquisition costs go up, which is already 25 to 30% of your expense. So as an originator, what do you do? You're like, hey, you got to cut costs somehow. You got to sell some assets, maybe lay off some staff, buy some cheaper leads, et cetera. But if you have the right subservicer and the right partner, they can actually be a hedge on your margin compression. And they can do that through lowering that customer acquisition cost. They can actually increase ancillary income, which most originators overlook. And they can do those cross-selling opportunities or possibly be an option for you for early buyouts or MSR sales. So when you're talking about cross-selling opportunities, if you have the right subservicer, they can sell things for you like insurance, if that's the business that you're in. But they got to know how to isolate it to the right customers and when. They got to know when the policy's coming due. 
if it's really high compared to what they can be offering for you so that they know when the customers are right to be offered or suggested a new policy. They have to make sure on top of that, that that information is presented at the right time systematically to the agents that are speaking to the customers so that they can present that opportunity to them. It's not just a mailer that goes out, but at the key moment at the right time. And that's the same thing with refi opportunities. They should know if the customer's rate is coming to adjust or if the rate is higher than the refi market or if they're carrying private mortgage insurance. The subservicers should know their pay history and FICO and should be able to triangulate which customers and which time to try and pitch that refi or savings opportunity to. It's all about the repeat customer. And if your subservicer has built that goodwill through great customer experience, engaged with them on successful cross-selling in the past, they can actually leverage that at the right time to convert them into a repeat customer again. Because if they don't, someone else will, and then you never get them back. And it's yeah. much harder for someone else to come in and get them when you've built that goodwill with them. Just got a question in from one of our listeners is saying, when it comes to cross-selling, are you talking about just cross-selling by getting them to refinance? What other services are you talking about in cross-selling? Well, I think those are the big ones right there. I think homeowner's insurance, mortgage insurance, or mortgage life insurance, those are things that can be sold. But it depends on who you are in the market and what you're doing and what it is that you have other products that you have. For example, at TMS, if we're being the subservicer, if you as an originator are carrying X, Y, and Z, and maybe you're somebody that also originates student loans or something along those lines, we can assist with that as well. Right subservicer, if they have the right platform and they have the right technology and they have the right infrastructure, you can really integrate anything that you want in there within the proper regulations, of course, to be able to pitch to a customer at the right time. Right. Yeah, and it makes sense. When we're looking at the behavior of people, they will stick with someone they already know and that where a relationship already exists unless someone comes along and gives you a better reason or you're doing a poor job of doing it. Focusing on the great customer service and the repeat customers can bring lower acquisition costs. Talk a little bit about some of the things that you are doing at TMS to accomplish this. Yeah, I mean, obviously, one of the things that we focus on, TMS has been laser focused really on making sure that we have a top-notch customer experience. I mean, that's really the first and foremost. If you don't have that, you're going to blow it. And you're going to blow that relationship with the customer. They're going to be angry at you, no matter what you do, really, for the most part. So you really only got uh, a few opportunities, especially early on, to build that goodwill with the customer. How do you do that? I've listened to your customer service representatives when they're on the phone. Talk a little bit about what are the things that you're doing to create that stickiness and that relationship. Sure. Let me just clarify the question here. You're wanting to know what our customers do or what our company in in general does. What what your company in general does. Yeah. Well, what we do is we focus on what's not going to change in the next 10 years. We built our business and innovated our technology around that. We know what's stable. Customers, they want convenience. They want self-service. They want friendly, helpful, and knowledgeable people to pick up the phone fast when they have to call in. And they want to get whatever issue they've resolved on the first call without having to be transferred around. What they really want is a good customer experience. The same one that they got in Originations, but for now, for years on end. I mean, you're never going to hear a customer say, I love you guys, but man, I wish you'd pick up the phone slower and have a poor attitude and transfer me or disconnect (laughs) me and not solve my problem. If your subservicer does that to them, you sort of squandered that relationship with them and you've given them a reason to not want to stick with you. Yeah, I was really impressed when I was listening to your customer service, how far they'll go 
to answer the question rather than getting transferred around. It's very, very impressive. When you're talking about lower acquisition costs, are you talking about keeping the customer? Talk a little bit about that. Had another question come in about acquisition costs, customer acquisition. Yeah. I mean, as an originator, you got to go out there and spend money to get customers. I mean, ultimately, that's what it comes down to. And that's your customer acquisition costs. But you already have one. If you have a subservicer and you've retained that MSR, you have that customer and they're going to continue to pay, or maybe they won't if they get into some sort of trouble, whatever the case may be financially. But at some point, they're going to be making another decision to either refi or buy another home. And you have that customer already in your ecosystem, if you will. And if you take the effort to make sure that you're putting forth the best experience and you've transacted with them in the past on through some other cross-selling opportunities, people will, as you stated earlier on the call, they're going to go with what's familiar. They're going to go with what is easy and convenient to them. So as, as long as you don't squander that goodwill with them and you provide that rewarding experience over and over and over again, and you set yourself apart. One of the things that we do is we greet customers with whatever the day it is that particular day. So if it's National Pie Day, we're going to greet customers that way. We're, we know if they're a veteran. We know if it's their loan anniversary with us. We know if it's their anniversary or their birthday. Those little small things that separate us, or I don't want to say separate us, but separate a normal conversation that you would have with a subservicer, we put those little things in because that's what people appreciate. That's what I wanted to get to because I witnessed this firsthand, listeners. I was so impressed when someone called, hey, by the way, happy birthday. Or another where I sat on another call, hey, isn't it your anniversary? You got an anniversary coming up? First of all, I mean, the fact that you've taken the time to document that, put that in there, and then you've trained your people in how to communicate and it's such a great example of how you can form connectivity, creating that sticky customer relationship when you feel known. And known is one of those deep words. And I think as a servicer or as a subservicer, providing that as a service behind it, creates such an advantage for keeping that phone paid on time. But Just to add one more thing to that. We actually go one more step above that because, let's face it, not everybody's going to know everyone that they're speaking to all the time, but our technology uh, has been designed in a way to present this information to the people that are customer-facing agents and speak to these customers. So that way, that information is all there. It's all retained. It's all available to them, presented so that even if they're having a bad day or even if they are lacking in understanding what the customer situation is, they're still going to have all of that information in front of them to be able to create that unique relationship with them. And then, of course, our company culture and the way that we train our people shows them how to present that information in a way that, as you stated, keeps that relationship sticky. Yeah, it's really, really important. Can't tell you how important it is to feel like you're talking to someone who knows you. That just is such a positive thing. But there's also added benefits of finding hidden revenue, and that really shows up in loss mitigation. Talk about what you're doing there. I thought that was fascinating. I mean, if your subservicer has a strong loss mitigation game that has, is an efficient process and has well-trained informative single points of contact, then you can actually realize more money come through incentives and re-deliver it. But a key is, is you've got to have a successful outcome. And successful outcomes and modifications really come down to one thing, especially nowadays. And that's how quickly you can get them into a completed modification you got to get this process started no later than 90 days and wrapped up as fast as possible from there. I mean, our data 
The market data shows that the farther along that they are in delinquency, the less likely they are to complete a modification or they won't perform on it in the long run, which essentially is just kicking the can. But your servicer has to know when's the appropriate time to ditch those collection efforts and begin the process of curing that delinquency through the loss mitigation efforts. And most servicers struggle with that. Uh, at TMS, we put in a lot of effort in that to make sure that we know the right time. We know when collections is still a viable path and we know when it's the right time to actually convert to a loss mitigation solution. But we actually pump that up by making sure that our single point of contact don't serve with competing priorities, which is how a lot of servicers have it set up right now. Our SPOCs are really focused on being the advocate for the customer in need. They inform them of all their options, help them navigate to the right option for them, helping them through the process and getting them to understand the expectations on both sides. And they do this with a level of expedience to make sure that the customer is getting through this process as quickly as possible. And we offer this stuff the way that most people want to do it nowadays, which is through digital means. We offer e-sign, upload documents, push text alerts, self-service webs on our app, all the stuff that originators have. And Mm -hmm. when you put this from a cost perspective, once the delinquency is cured and they start making payments, This lowers the cost of the master servicer and reduces the advances and expenses. The end result is you can end up with more mod income. You have a minimization of loss. You have less advances and expenses to be paid. And you get to avoid the loss of a potential repeat customer through foreclosure. That's so good. There are other hidden revenue sources there. Are there anything in in hidden revenue opportunities in refinancing? Well, I think we spoke on that a little bit earlier. Certainly hidden opportunities from refinancing. If you can keep your customer acquisition costs down because you're servicing what is already a customer that might have a potential to go somewhere else, you've essentially created yourself a revenue opportunity with that customer and a cost savings because you didn't have to go out and find them. Now, I get it. You got to pay your subservicer to service those loans, but that cost is far less than what it takes to go out and, and find a new customer. Right. right. That's what I was trying to drive to is getting getting that stated. I got a bunch of questions coming in and I'm going to review those as you answer this next question, which is kind of getting some of the questions that I had originally talked to you about. And using a subservicer as a partner for EBOs and MSRs purchasing, you can, you do this. Talk about that. Yeah. I mean, look, a, a lot of servicers aren't in the MSR purchase business, but if you have one that is, or has partnerships on their platform, you now essentially have another buyer in the mix that already has an interest in the portfolio. Doing so, an ownership transfer with an MSR purchase versus a sale with the servicing transfer means there's no disruption to the customer. And it can really pay off to have that relationship with a subservicer who can be that other option for you, and especially one that impacts your customers the least. So when it comes to early buyouts, when it's concerned with Jenny May, if a loan goes 90 days delinquent, your economics start to change on that loan. They turn upside down. You now have an asset which has net revenue that has now turned into a liability with net loss. Your interest is stopped. You're not collecting that anymore. Your expenses and advances required for the loan increase. You now got to actually pay your subservicer more as the loan increases as well, because they generally charge more because of the effort that has to go in with a customer that becomes more delinquent. So basically you're stuck. You can either buy it out yourself, but that's going to eat into your capital, or you can just take the monthly loss. But if your subservicer, which TMS does both EBOs and MSR purchases, 
has part or has partners on the platform, then you have choices that can help stem the tide. And both of those scenarios allow you to keep your delinquencies low, which is always a good thing. Yeah, that is fascinating. Some questions that are coming in from our listeners right now. One has to do with Jenny May servicing. That seemed like such an advantage, but for what's going on with the forbearances, has it turned to a real disadvantage? Thoughts? No, actually. CMS, when they first started, had a primarily a Gini book. And traditionally, Gini May loans are a little bit harder to service. Well, I, I think I'm underestimating it there. A lot harder to service than your traditional GSE books. Different type of clientele, if you want to say that, and you're dealing with different mm-hmm. agencies that don't quite move as in lockstep as the GSEs do. Having that experience and dealing with that type of client or customer, if you will, actually gave us the forethought, if you will, the insight that we could pull from based on our experience to be able to tackle things that happened in 2020. And to be honest with you, in the course of 2020 with COVID, Ginny May sort of learned that sort of their old Byzantine process that they had going on and not really looking at ways that would be beneficial for the customer from, say, a modification standpoint, et cetera. They've actually started to change their ways. Some of the regulations that have came out or some of their directives that have came out recently have enhanced their mod products, have made things easier for customers to get into the forbearance exit process that now rival what I think the GSEs are doing. So we've actually been pretty pleased with a lot of the changes that they've made recently. But us as a company, Having serviced Ginny May loans for so long, we were well-primed and, and ready to deal with the challenges that came up in 2020 and certainly that we're still still experiencing here in 2021. Got another question. I'm a lender who is considering going into servicing. Not sure this is the best time. Comment number one on the timing. Number two, what do I need to do to prepare to become a good servicer? And if we were to use the money source, what could we anticipate you doing to help us through that journey? Great question. Let me just say, if you're considering servicing your own loans, just make sure you spend the appropriate amount of time and effort to understand the cost and scale needed to not only stand it up, but to actually do it compliantly, which is a very tough thing to do. And you got to do this while keeping your customers happy. And if you come to the conclusion that you do want to subservice, make sure that you find the right partner has to be one that matches your values and brand. It's never going to work in the long run. They have to be one that can deliver on what they say. And I say whoever you might be entertaining, whether that's TMS or any other subservicer out there, make them prove it. Don't just send them a questionnaire and rely on that and assume that their responses are fact. Have them provide you the real-time data to back up their claims. And you got to go see their operation in action. Skip the Zoom. Go see and feel their culture. See if what they told you on paper is what you feel in the office. Don't just beeline it to the conference room and stop. Make sure you stop and chat with their people. When you're in the middle of their presentation, call the 800 number to see how their representatives answer the call and how that call goes. Look on their employees' faces. See if they're happy to be there. Do they have a smile on their face? Because if they don't, your customers aren't going to be getting any kind of service, and you're going to be racking up complaints and dealing with that. And you got to make sure that whoever you're entertaining is a fully transparent organization. They got to show you the receipts. Do they have the technology? Do they have the transparency? Do they have the performance? Do they have the service? Because if not, you don't want to do business with them. It's just going to be a toxic relationship and it's going to be one that'll be costly to get out of too. 
Great, great point. I appreciate that. Now, there's so many points on that you made. I want to underscore one of the things. The most important thing of where you and I originally met is when uh, we were advising several companies that were getting into loan servicing, and they retained us to help them. They were considering a number of subservicers. We worked through that. And in all cases, we went and visited the various subservicers that they were contemplating. I ended up bringing two clients that are now active and have well over a billion dollar portfolios and are servicing it through you because they went to your site and we saw firsthand. And I just can't underscore enough the importance of going, touching, feeling, listening to, sitting in there and looking at the facility, listening to employees, talk to the customers, how it went on. I was just so impressed with the facility, the people, and the training. The training was something we didn't even get into. How much training should be? That, that'd be a great topic. Jason, thank you so much for coming on the podcast on a Memorial Day, nonetheless, and sharing some great information. Got a lot of questions coming in. We will aggregate these questions, and then I think I'll have you back, as if you wouldn't mind coming back on, and we're going to design a whole program around the questions that are coming in, because there's a lot of people, they're ranging from, I'm with a subservicer, I don't enjoy the relationship, thinking about making a changes, there's some questions that fall in that category, and, but there's probably two-thirds of the questions coming in right now are related to, we're contemplating getting into servicing, so that would be a good one. Whether you're changing, contemplating, get a hold of Jason. How can people get a hold of you, Jason? Well, you can contact us at subservicing.themoneysource.com. And I can assure you, come talk to us. Come see us. We're going to be a little bit different than probably what you've seen out there in the marketplace. And we're going to present a very good value proposition to you guys. We know how to service loans. We know how to get it done. We got the technology here. And we have the right approach when it comes to the customers and you guys as clients to make sure that it's a mutually beneficial relationship. So if you're thinking about getting into servicing on your own, all I got to say is do your research first. And uh, maybe it's the right fit for you. But if not, again, subservicing.themoneysource.com and we'll, we'll chat. Good, good. Appreciate it so much, Jason, coming on on a holiday. I understand you're in the office. It's month end. So there is the dedication that you and your team have. It's month end. It's a holiday. And you guys are in there making sure the month end closes out right. That's Good job. All right. Thank you so much. Folks, we've had on Jason Kwasny as our guest. He's executive vice president at The Money Source, and you'll check out all that they have to offer. Also, next week, we've got Emily Farley coming on. She's chief lending officer at Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group. Very excited. I've been getting to know Emily, and I love what she is going to be talking about. So stay tuned. Come back and be here with us next week. Look forward to it. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, CMLA, Indicom, Incelerate, Mobility, MMI, as well as Modex, MBA, as well as Knowledge Coop, Lenders One, and the Mortgage Collaborative. Folks, thanks so much. Have a great Memorial Day, and look forward to having you back here next week. Thank you. You've been listening to Lickin on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.